Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello there, welcome to a brand new Arsblog Arscast, right here on Arsblog.com. I've gotten used to saying that again pretty quickly, I have to say. I hope you're well. I'm sitting here with a bottle of uh, Cooper's Green. Yes, indeed, and, um, well, uh, I'm about to begin the Arscast, as those of you listening will know, because... It has just begun. Hopefully everybody is seeing the site now. I know there were some issues during the week with people not being able to get to uh, the new domain or the old new domain. Uh, but that's all to do with DNS and ISPs and all that kind of nonsense. It should be all done and dusted now. If you're having problems, simply send me an email to I still can't get on Arsblog and it's all your fault. It's definitely not anything I'm doing wrong. It couldn't possibly be. It's all to do with you at Arsblog.com and I will do my very, very best to sort it out for you. If you're using an iPhone app and you'd like to tell me that you're only seeing a couple of lines of each day's blog post, you're using the wrong app. Go to the iTunes store and download the Arsblog app and not the Arsblog 2.0 app. So there, that'll fix your problem. And you may need to update the uh, the Arsblog app if you already have it. So, uh, football-wise, it's been quite a fantastic week. Uh, in terms of Arsenal, we went to Manchester City on Sunday and... Um, we got into it with this weight of expectation on our shoulders a bit. People talking about how we hadn't beat Manchester United and we hadn't beat Chelsea. And, and now they're talking about how we hadn't beat Manchester City, who were nobody really when we didn't beat them the last time. They were just Manchester City. And now they're Manchester City because they're all important and rich and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but, and it tells you something about the way the game has changed and how quickly things can change that we're talking about Manchester City as a team that are Manchester City and not just Manchester City, if you know what I'm saying. So we went there and uh, won the game. And it was quite nervy, even though they were down to 10 men. And I know there are people who will always say, well, you know, it really spoils the game as a spectacle when a player gets sent off that early. <clears throat> not for me. I'd be quite happy if Arsenal played against 10 men every week or nine men. It would make their jobs an awful lot easier. I mean, it's... A bit too much to expect, I know, but I don't get this, oh, well, the game was ruined as a spectacle for the neutral. Who gives a good goddamn about the neutral? Certainly not me. It's like when we play football on a Tuesday night sometimes and a team doesn't have all their players and they turn up with nine or ten and you're thinking, this is brilliant. You don't think, oh, well, God, this game isn't going to be as good as it might have been because, you know, they don't have 11 players. This is a sad night for football. My whole... It's one of the greatest things ever. The worst thing then is when the players come and arrive a bit late and then you realize that you're playing against 11 and you have to take your finger out of your uh, backside and run around a little bit. But you're, what can you do? Uh, the game itself, 
nervy. Even though Nasri's goal uh, put us into the lead, it should have been 2-0 at halftime, and that would have made things a lot easier, particularly in the second half. Um, they looked like they might score. Well, it wasn't so much that they looked like they might score. It was the fact that we all know that we are capable of letting them score at any moment, even though they had 10 men. And full credit to Lukas Fabianski, he made two absolutely fantastic saves, one in the first minute from Silva, another one in the second half from Silva, and at nil-nil and one-nil, those saves were very, very important, and he had uh, an excellent game. And I'll admit, I was erring on the side, not of negativity, but just, you know, when you're just waiting for something to happen, another good something, a bad something. Uh, but then Song scored a goal, and after that, City knew they were beaten. Uh, Nicholas Bentner came off the bench and scored a goal, his first goal of the season. A very nice goal it was, too. So three points, and it was a really, really important win because uh, obviously Chelsea had won the day before, and having picked up some points on them last week, it would have been, I think, a bit disheartening to give them back straight away, even though on paper a draw against Manchester City would have been a reasonable result. I think it was important for us that we kept pace, not kept pace, but made sure that the gap did not extend itself any further. And then midweek, the Carling Cup allowed Arsene Wenger to bring in players who don't usually get a game and show what they can do. And Kieran Gibbs showed us once again that what he can do is get himself injured at any moment. I feel really sorry for him, uh, but he's going to spend a few weeks out now, apparently, uh, having done something to his knee ligaments after just 10 minutes. In goal, Wojciech Szczesny impressed. Up front, Theo Walcott and Nicholas Bentner did their stuff. Jay Emmanuel Thomas kicked his heels on the bench, even though the manager was talking about him in glowing terms before the game. Carlos Vela given another chance. You just wonder, depending on who we get in the next round, whether Carlos Vela will be given another chance. He's found himself way down the pecking order, and we'll talk about him now in a few moments' time. Um, The goals... Fantastic finishes from Theo Walcott. Fantastic finish from Nicholas Bentner. Uh, the own goal, absolutely hilarious. And what can you do? I know people will say, well, it's very unfortunate and it's unlucky, but let's face it, Newcastle are a team with Alan Smith, managed by Chris Hutton, who is, of course, a Spurs man. And they also have Joey Barton. And Barton came on and did nothing for about... 15 minutes, and then decided, having done nothing, that he better do something. And instead of doing it with a ball, he did it with his knees and his feet. Um, Craig Eastman was on the end of a really sly challenge. A knee right into the thigh, dead leg kind of a thing, and he didn't get a yellow card for that, and he would have been off having uh, kicked Fabregas up in the air. So, if you ask me, Newcastle deserve whatever bad luck they get simply for having those people in their team. So fuck them. 4-0. We play them again in the league in a week or two's time as well. So uh, let's hope we can uh, repeat the feat. Um, And uh, that was about it in terms of the football. In a few moments, I'll be talking to a good player about all the other bits and pieces that have been going on. But right now, here's Internet Joe. I'm Internet Joe, and here's me 30-second roundup. Man City away, Fabianski save, Jesus. Shamak's true, get off you cunt. Ah, Nasri, you deadly little lezer. Ah, monster. Oh no, it's Carlos Tevez. How do you buy yours on? Wanker, we need another goal. We're never going to get it. We're going to lose. Get in there, son. Get in there, Bender. Newcastle in the Carling Cup. Easy win. Joey Barton. I'll put me cigar out on your eye. Your chap's eye. More from Internet Joe on next week's IceCast. Now, a little bit later on, we'll be looking ahead to the West Ham game this weekend. Uh, some team news coming up, but now to talk about all the other bits and pieces that have been going on, I'm glad to welcome back Good Player from GoodPlayer.com. Hello there. 
Hello. Uh, let's talk about Carling Cup first and uh, a good win against Newcastle on Wednesday night. And people talk about uh, how the focus has changed, and I think that's true to a certain extent, where he isn't necessarily playing the kids. But as someone else pointed out, and I can't remember where I read it, the kids aren't necessarily kids anymore. They've sort of grown up, gone from being kids into just young members of the first team. Entirely true. That's very, very true. And there's also the point that our backup players now, the players you have sitting on the substitutes bench in games like Man City, are not kids either. And what he almost always did over the last 10 or so years is pick the, the players who sat on the bench the previous Saturday and then filled the team with a few other reserves. Now, you, nowadays, you have seven players sat on the bench. So that's seven of them taken up immediately. And then and then you the, the difference is this year he's added in what, you know, kind of... Uh, Danielson and Joru, who played last weekend, played. Maybe he wouldn't have done that um, a year or so ago because uh, we had a lot of injuries then, and you weren't really able to risk um, anyone getting anyone else getting injured. But I mean, there's been a slight change. Obviously, Cesc Fabregas would never have come on um, a year or two ago at this stage of the competition. But he always adjusted his teams a little bit to who we were playing, and we played Tottenham away and Newcastle away. And so there's been a slight change. But to say there's been a an overhaul is is not true. I mean, you know, the likes of Bentner and and, and Walcott would would certainly always have started um, this game in in any year, really. Speaking of Bentner and Walcott, uh, both of them having been out injured for varying amounts of time, it's nice to see them come back and make an impact straight away. Bentner got a goal against Manchester City on uh, on the Sunday. He scored uh, on Wednesday night in the Carling Cup. Theo has always been the kind of guy who's come back slowly from injuries, mostly because he's had loads of them, but he looks to have uh, a bit of confidence in his own ability uh, that maybe he didn't have in, in seasons past. I think that's certainly true about Theo. You know, it, it does often take him quite a while to come back. I also think that there's just the very sweet smell of competition in the squad at the moment. And uh, the mm-hmm. previous lu- the previous luxuries, you know, that players kind of knew they could almost walk back into the squad or, or certainly walk back onto the substitutes bench is, is not even necessarily there anymore. I mean, when when Van Persie's back, I mean, you know, it's, it's a bit of a when, a bit of an if, but you know, it might happen. Um, <laughs> then you know, is, is a Van Persie, Shamak and Bentner, how and Walcott and Arshavin and all of that? How are we going to be able to accommodate all of those? I mean, you know, you've got Nasri playing very well at the moment; he's a shoe in for the team, so. You know, there's there's a lot of competition there for people like Walcott, and I think competition is a fantastic thing. And I, I think we've lacked that a little bit over the last few years. You've very rarely seen a player actually get dropped from the side because someone else has come in and shown themselves to be better. Maybe Ramsey coming in ahead of Danielson last mm. year was the first kind of time we'd seen a hint of that for ages. And we, but we are seeing that now, and I think, I think that's a fantastic thing. I mean, when you talk about that, it's good to see Bentner and, and Walcott react to it because Bentner's position is very much under threat uh, from mm. Shamak. And mm. He's seen Shamak come in and do it. What about someone like Carlos Vela, who has found himself frozen out, hasn't been able to get on, on the substitutes bench even, and again on Wednesday night didn't necessarily look like a player who was, uh, who was giving everything to take his chance? I don't think he was. I mean, he didn't. He he he's a fantastic at jockeying, Carlos Vela, and he kind of, you know, runs runs across to close a guy, knowing that at such a speed that he knows he'll get there about a second or so too late, and it'll look like he's gone across. But he, he wasn't busting a gut, and you know, he was slow as well. That chance in the first minute, the touch was poor, and. I don't. I don't quite think he's got the gist of the, uh, the competition element. I, if uh, I would 
think showing him or, or sending him to some videos or showing him the web page of, of someone called Jeremy Aliadier wouldn't be a bad idea because it shows <laughs> and and I think to be fair to Aliadier he I never kind of thought him lazy in any way but it, sh- it shows how you can be fantastically rated and you can have in many senses some wonderful talent I remember Aliadier did sometimes take I remember an Everton fan who went to see Everton be Arsenal in the Carling Cup and he said to me the next day, God, I mean, that Ali Adier is just incredible. And, uh, and and yet, you know, you don't have it all and very very easily things can slip away from you. And I think Carlos Fellow would, would, would do well to realise that. One of the younger players who, who did take the most of his chance uh, on Wednesday night was uh, Wojciech Szczesny, who came in um, having been quite outspoken about his unhappiness at not being given a chance uh, at Arsenal um, the pecking order seems to have been sorted out in his favour a little bit Manone has gone on loan to Hull that leaves Chesney in the position of number 3 number 2 at the moment uh, as long as Almuni is injured and uh, I think he showed enough to uh, to make it quite what's the word I'm looking for here quite important that we retain his services with a new contract yeah, or, or or maybe another way of putting it is he did enough to prolong Manuel Almunia's elbow injury. I think. <laughs> um, I think it, it has been sorted out rather. I think it was a, a rather absurd position. Now, I'll, I'll kind of at the start of the season, our goalkeeping thing. I mean, poor old Vita Minoni. I, I don't watch as much of the reserve team as a new team as some people do, so I'm commenting slightly out of ignorance. But but he always he always reminded me of like when when one of your mates goes in goal in five aside and actually doesn't do that badly um, the Fulham game last year reminded me of that and it was like blimey you know, he never looked like a goalkeeper to me and that, that recent mistake for the Italy under 21s wasn't good and you look at Chesney and, and he looks like a goalkeeper you know he plays like a goalkeeper um, he's obviously got a lot of confidence he'll make mistakes he got a bit of luck um, on Wednesday night at St. James's, you know, he could have been off fairly early on for when he, I, I thought he was hesitant coming from his line initially and then, then kind of just went all out mm. Fabianski style and to plow anything in his way and, and, and didn't luckily. Um, but he's, I think he's got huge potential and I think that's good. And I think it's been so interesting. It's inter- amazing what you can do when you've got goalkeepers who, who have good games, isn't it? Well, I mean, it is because you look at what happened with, with Fabianski and, and more than any position on the pitch, you have to think that goalkeepers thrive on confidence and mm. suffer when they don't have it. And what we saw from Fabianski, I'm not saying uh, that he's the answer to all the questions because he still has a lot to prove, I think, in terms of doing it on a, on a consistent level. He has shown in recent games why Arsene Wenger has constantly said uh, he's going to be a good keeper, I have faith in him, etc., etc. Not many of us believed him because we were looking at what we saw uh, in matches. Um, like I said, there's still a long way to go, I think. Yeah, let's not jinx him. I mean, Arsene Wenger is far more a kind of philanthropic almost in the way that he views some of his players. I mean, I kind of thought at the beginning of the season, I still think, you know, if he'd gone out and bought a really good goalkeeper and, you know, maybe, yeah, he, that really good goalkeeper would have got in Lucas Fabianski's way, but hey, such is life, you know. Mm. Um, but Wenger kind of takes a very kind of a, quite a moral, emotional tone on these things almost. And he may be proved right that Fabianski's a good goalkeeper. I hope he, I hope he is because I don't think Wenger's going to give up on him anytime soon. And he, he's had a few good games, uh, which is great. Um, he's got a lot more to do and to, to normalize, create a normal normalization of kind of things, you know, to where a situation where, where, where the ball doesn't go back to him and, and, you know, you get a little lump in your throat and, you know, you're worrying about what's going to happen. Um, but I think it was a brilliant performance at Man City. I thought it was a re- you know, two outstanding, outstanding saves, really, really good saves. And he just, 
he did we had a proper keeper there and it was no coincidence we kept a, a clean sheet and it really gave us a base to go on and win the game and it's it's so important to have that and and we we rarely do if we're honest well i mean that was our first clean sheet away from home for 10 months quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com which tells its own story you know uh, but the win over Manchester City regardless of the fact that it was against 10 men um, it, it is a little bit of the weight off the shoulders for the for the team because uh, the more people talk about them having not won a game against a, a big team or a, you know one of the rivals for the title which City very much are obviously uh, you know the longer that goes on the more uh, a burden it becomes uh, a good win um, and they played very sensibly and very cleverly I think in the second half having gone in with uh, four yellow cards at half time and a referee who could very well have evened things up they played well second half they were they did they very they, they were very disciplined in the way they went about things in the second half they're very clever and I think, I think they've got a really good Cesc Fabregas is, is really matured um, and I think Whereas a few years ago, you know, he used to get a bit wound up and he might have dived in and he would have, you know, someone would have kicked him and he would have tried to retaliate. He's now really, really very, very clever with these things and he doesn't let it get to him. And I think he created a, he really spoke to his players probably. I, I don't know that for sure, but I just, as we were, we were mature. We were clever about the sending off thing. We knew we had to be careful. Um, you know, I, I, I think the referee had a pretty good game, to be perfectly honest. Um, but we, we did well. Yeah, we were, we were kind of sh- shaky at times in the first half. Um, a little bit, a little bit disjointed. Um, but, but once we got the second goal, and you know, we, we, we should have had a second goal earlier. It was, it was probably one of the harder chances, the one that song tucked away. And, uh, you know, it was a good performance. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to elaborate on it, but, you know, we were playing against 10 men because we'd created Two, char- two one-on-ones in the first five minutes in my mind, you know, which, which says it all basically. So it wasn't like one of their guys randomly turned around and decided to punch a fan or something <laughs> got sent off. You know, that is a break. But anyway, I thought we did, I thought we did very well. And actually the funny thing is I actually, I found it more satisfied. It made me happier to beat city than it made me sad to lose to Chelsea. If, you, if that makes any sense. Um, you know, and I think it was important that we got a win against the big, won the big boys, and we and we did. All right. Well, coming up, uh, West Ham at home, who might be tired after uh, their Carling Cup exploits in midweek, and then a, a trip to the Ukraine uh, to face Shakhtar Donetsk. Um, how do you view the two games? Obviously, uh, the weekend, uh, you've got to fancy us at home. Shakhtar is a game you only need a point from. Do you think we're going to see a different uh, uh, Eduardo team? 
Uh, hard to say. I mean, they looked good early on when they came to the Emirates, and then and then it all seemed to go a little bit wrong for them, and we, we punished a couple of defensive mistakes. I think you know teams from Russia and Ukraine are always always tougher on their own ground. Um, I think that's that's definitely true. We've got a little bit of pressure off us, which will be good. We'll have we'll have Wilshire coming back, which will which will be nice as well. I, I just just don't want him to go in heavily on Eduardo and break his leg again or something. I'd just be all full, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> you do, you, I just had this fear in the first leg that Wilshire was about to nail him with a tackle and it would all go wrong or something. But um, <laughs> but I think I think our big um, our, our big challenge is consistency and and just not if something does go wrong and say we draw with someone, not then getting in this terrible rut that we seem to get in. You know, it's, it's like, I mean, we, we drew with Sunderland in the last minute, all right happens. And then suddenly the next game you find yourself three nil down at home to West Brom when they've, and they, and they missed a penalty, <laughs> you know, and, and it, that's what makes it so infuriating. Um, and it, you know, we need to, we need to have that concentration and that desire and commitment and never allow ourselves to, to lose that because as soon as we lose that that's when we start losing games and unfortunately in a captain we have a, a very professional captain i think an, an excellent captain and when he's on the pitch i think it's a lot less likely for that to happen all right we're heading into november any superstitions about november the dark month for arsenal fans or can we yeah. can we get through it yeah I, I, I was just it's the first time in my life where i've been looking at the fixture list and and cursing UEFA for not putting in an international break. <laughs> it's like it's like normally there's an international break in November, but not this November. Just just to just to annoy us, basically. There's still an international game actually, but they've done it where they've they've squeezed it in between two. Yeah, uh, you, know, you just go away for a couple of days and then come back. It's a friendly, I think, for England. Um, so <laughs> I don't know. It, things things can go wrong, can't they, in November? But. We're not in the worst position. We're, it feels like we're in a similar position to last year, about five points, continually five points behind. Mm. Um, but, you know, we're only behind one team at the moment. Um, and we'll see where it goes. It's, it's just interesting having, you know, good goalkeeping performances. It's, it shows you, you know, our squad's got some fantastic attackers and, you know, we're very spoiled. And if we can get the, the goalkeeping and defensive side right, you know, there's there could be a lot to come from this team. I just hope, I hope there is. All right. Well, that's a, a reasonably big if, I think you would say. Um, we'll <laughs> we get, we're getting there. We, we, I feel we're getting there slowly. Yeah, we're okay. Getting... Making progress. All yeah. right. We better leave it there. Good player. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Good player can be found at goodplayer.com or on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash goodplayer. And don't forget it's player with an A. Yeah, because that's his rap name. Good player. He's got some crunchy beats going on at the weekend and all that stuff. I think, anyway, I'm just making assumptions here. In the same way that I would make assumptions about Denielsen's hair. On Sunday against Manchester City, I was impressed with Denielsen's hair because up to now it's been this kind of nondescript, curly nothingness. And it looked as if he'd spent his time off injured. And he said, well, how can I make myself better? And he, he did something with his hair and he grew it and it was all, it was debarge. And I think the debargeness of his hair is something we all aspire to. The curliness, the darkness, the looking like it had been dripped in chip fatness. Fantastic. It's been too long since we've had a player who looks like they could have been from an 80s pop band. And then on Wednesday night against Newcastle, it's like someone's got it and just stapled it all to the top of his head after twisting it in bits and, you know, 
What's the point of that? A good manly haircut like DeBarge, and now he has this, like I said in the blog, it's like Stephen Pienaar's hair. And that's nothing that any man should want to copy. Fine little footballer as he is, nobody should ever want to copy Stephen Pienaar's hair. And let's not kid ourselves that the first part of Pienaar is peen. And that just makes it sound like he's got a penis for a head. And if I had a penis for a head, I had all that woolly stuff that Danielson had. No, it's not right. The images it conjures in your mind. So you're sitting here listening to this now you're going, I never thought of that. But now you know. And you can see how very wrong it is, right? Yeah. All right, then. Uh, in a few minutes, we'll be talking about West Ham. But now, an old friend returns. Well, 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 would you look what the cat dragged in? The arse blogger himself. Oh, we haven't seen sight or sound of you for a long time. No, not at all. Far too important to come around here and say hello to your old friend, the man in the bar. Yeah, but I know all about you. I've been reading your blog. The old ole ole things gone by the wall. And all of a sudden, here you are. How suspicious I am. We can come to that now in a minute. How's things with you anyway? Yeah, you're still looking like a big spade-headed wanker anyway. Tell you that much. Do you know who we had in here the other day? Robbie Keane and a load of the Spurs players. They snuck off for a weeknight dalliance in Dublin. Yeah, don't tell Harry Redknapp, or do tell him, see if I care. But they came in and insisted that they be looked after. Right then, says I, you can come over to our specially created VIP area. Little did they know it's not very important person, but Veruca's in points. We had old Malachy there behind the bar, sitting in the staff room, filing them off into the top of the beers. Haha, <laughs> it was good stuff. What about the Arsenal, eh? Interesting times this season. Tell you who I like. Like that Arshavin fella. He reminds me of me. Cool, unflappable, and with a great big arse. And what about the goalkeepers? It's looking a bit better than it used to be. The Spanish fella's out in his ear with his broken elbow. Now we've got the Polish lads in. Oh, well, sure, we're used to the Polish here in Ireland, aren't we? You're the guy working here down the cellar there for a while. Lukas was his name as well. He used to bring his own lunch. Polish meat inside this terrible bread. I don't know what it was. Anyway, we found his lunchbox the first day and we lubricated his sandwich meat for him a little bit. <laughs> Never could understand why we called him Lucas Crappy Ham Wee. Well, come to think of it, uh, that one escaped me too. I also like the way when Arsene Wenger's French connection has run out and all the good players in France, everyone knows about them now. We went to Middle Earth to get a new player. That Jack Merriweather, oh, something special. Anyway, enough about the Arsenal. I suppose you want to talk about you, do you? Looking for a job, I take it. Eh? Are you willing to do what it takes? Yeah, family to feed and all that, I know, I know. Right, come back later on, I'll have something for you. In the meantime, I've uh, got to see a man about an armadillo. His name is Julian. No... Not the fellow, the armadillo. He's called Julian. Right, we'll see you later. Don't be late now.
So, West Ham at the weekend, and their season hasn't been going quite as well as they would have hoped. New manager Evan Grant, not particularly popular. Uh, the players not doing very well. Not that that should change our focus at all or the way we approach the game on Saturday. They were also in Carling Cup action in midweek. They beat Stoke, actually, 3-1 after extra time. So there might be some tired legs. And, and we should be a little bit happy that they beat Stoke. Not because it gives West Ham any confidence going into this game, but mostly because Stoke are a pack of kitten-raping cunt-forks. And there's no enemy of my enemy going on here. West Ham are the enemy on Saturday, and we've got to make sure we're set out uh, to win that game. The injury news is that Kieran Gibbs is going to be out for a few weeks, which in Arsenal medical term diagnosis is anywhere between now and the end of time itself. Fingers crossed it's not so long, because as we just spoke about a good player there, the competition for places thing and something I've always said, it's so, so important. And Clichy has no competition for his place as long as Gibbs is out injured. And he's a player of, of talent and potential, and he's just not getting any luck at all when it comes to injuries. Every time he gets into the team, he seems to pick up something. He is the English Van Persie, um, Kieran Van Persie or Robin Van Gibbs, whatever way you want to put it. He is um, unfortunate with injuries and hopefully it's just a, a bad spell he's going through, but he does need to get himself fit and really put some pressure on Gail Clichy because it would make a big difference to the team and to his career, of course, as well. The earlier injury news, are Aaron Ramsey and Robin Van Persie himself uh, are expected to return to uh, training at the end of next week. Um they're not going to go straight back into the team by any means. Manuel Almunia is out. Vermalen is still out. Uh, Arsene Wenger still can't put a, a time frame on his return. Uh, the Achilles injury proving much more uh, tricky uh, than we thought. Abu Diaby is out with an ankle injury. And Jack Wilshire uh, is the final game of his suspension tomorrow. So he'll be back for the midweek game against Shakhtar Donetsk. And there's an interesting game as well. I think there'll be a different proposition at home than they were uh, when we played them at the Grove. Um, a win in that game, I, I could be mistaken here, but I think a win in that game would ensure that we finish the group top. In fact, I'm nearly sure that's 99%. I could look this up, but, you know, come on. Uh, so if we finish that game top, it allows the manager to rotate the uh, the players and give some of the younger guys maybe some Champions League action, which is no bad thing at all. Uh, we went away, uh, was it to Olympiacos last year and, or the year before and played a very, very young team, but uh, it'll be good for the guys uh, to play in those games if they can get to do so. So we've got to uh, make sure uh, that our focus, of course, first and foremost is on Saturday's game against West Ham. Don't see Chelsea dropping any points. They're going to Blackburn, and, you know, even we won away at Blackburn. So I figured Chelsea are going to win that by about six or seven goals. Absolutely no chance whatsoever that Blackburn can get a result there. So it's uh, absolutely crucial that we make sure we beat West Ham at home. Other than that, all you can do is just enjoy the football when the games come as quickly as they do. One game to the next, midweek, weekend, midweek, weekend, and it's fantastic. As long as the results stay good, it's all very enjoyable. Uh, so that's about that for this week's Arscast. Uh, talk to you all week on the blog and, of course, on next week's show. Until then, take it easy. Cheers. Bye-bye.
What? Yeah, you know it's very loud. That's the kind of place it is, right? So you're all sure you know exactly what you're up to. You're looking the part, I have to say, very smart. And you're absolutely sure you know what you're doing. Right? Okay? And if someone comes up to you and asks you for something specific, you're not going to be standing there looking like an idiot. You know what they're talking about. You'll be able to do it or make it or make it happen at least, yeah? Plenty of experience, you say. All right, then. Okay, well, come and see me at the end of the night. I'll sort you out with a few bob. Now the worst blogger, go and dance for them. Go and dance. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.